Hi, you're about to get smarter in just a few minutes with Curiosity Daily from Curiosity.com. I'm Cody Goff. And I'm Ashley Hamer. Today, you'll learn about what to do when your pet is scared and why you have microbes inside your cells. Then stick around to hear about why Curiosity Daily will sound a little different over the next few months. Let's satisfy some curiosity. If thunderstorms send your dog running for cover, your instinct might be to try to comfort them. But you may have also been told that comforting a fearful animal may backfire and actually reinforce the fear instead. Nobody wants that. So what are you supposed to do? Well, to get to the bottom of this, Curiosity Daily writer Cameron Duke spoke with Dr. Mindy Waite, who's a certified applied animal behaviorist. She says that this advice comes from a basic misunderstanding of animal behavior, and if your pet wants comfort, go ahead and cuddle them. To understand where this confusion comes from, Dr. Waite first explained how an animal behaviorist thinks about behaviors. When an animal is afraid and starts panting and quivering and running to hide, we often see that as all one behavior. But actually, they're all separate behaviors— and they each fall into one of two categories. Some of those behaviors are called respondent behaviors. Respondent behaviors can be thought of as an automatic response to a stimulus. Panting or quivering at the sound of thunder are great examples. These behaviors are independent of any reinforcement. They happen on their own through association with a stimulus, like thunder. But then on the other hand, you've got operant behaviors. And these are based on reinforcement. For example, commands to sit and stay are reinforced by getting a treat. In this case, maybe the dog responds to a thunderclap by hiding in the bathtub. If the bathtub makes the thunder seem quieter, the behavior is reinforced. Dr. Waite says that when an animal is afraid, it'll engage in multiple respondent and operant behaviors at the same time. Since the emotional and physiological response of fear is a respondent behavior, it's entirely independent of reinforcement. This means it's perfectly okay to comfort your pet. It's not going to encourage them to be fearful next time. Now, you can reinforce operant behaviors for good and bad. Dr. Waite says that you can help to comfort your dog by reinforcing beneficial operant behaviors. Things like training your dog to go to a safe place like a kennel when it's afraid. The key is to not let your behaviors become the stimulus. Pets can be great at spotting patterns, and they're always watching you. I mean, what else do they have to do all day? It's okay to turn on classical music to calm a scared pet, but don't turn on the music in anticipation of something your pet finds scary. And finally, if you believe your pet's anxiety is harming them, then seeing an animal behavior specialist might be the best thing for both of you. Otherwise... Go ahead and give them the cuddles they need. I mean, let's face it, thunderstorms are pretty scary after all. You probably know that you have bacteria inside your body. But what if I told you that you had bacteria inside each one of your cells? Don't freak out, but it's true and totally normal. In fact, it's how we evolved cells complex enough to make human beings. Specifically, it's how animal cells got mitochondria and plant cells got chloroplasts. These important features started out as free-living microbes. Here's the deal. All life is made of cells, and all cells fall into one of two camps. Simple cells like bacteria and the much rarer archaea 
are what you call prokaryotes. They have DNA, but hardly any organelles, which are the internal organs that do specific jobs for the cell. In contrast, the cells of eukaryotes, like plants, animals, and fungi, are complex machines with tons of moving parts. They can live on their own and even be assembled into giant colonies that can listen to podcasts. Here's the thing. Some of the organelles inside of eukaryotic cells look a whole lot like prokaryotic cells. Like prokaryotic cells contain DNA and protein-producing ribosomes surrounded by a membrane. So do the mitochondria you find inside eukaryotic cells. Scientists think that these organelles started out as free-living prokaryotes. Like, let's take mitochondria, for instance. Those are the organelles that eukaryotic cells use to harvest energy. When mitochondria were discovered, scientists immediately thought they were weird. By all accounts, they look like and act like bacterial cells. This observation led evolutionary biologist Lynn Margulis to devise her theory of endosymbiosis in 1967. According to this theory, mitochondria are bacteria, so prokaryotes, that were swallowed up by a bigger cell and survived. Both cells benefited. The little proto-mitochondria got to keep on living and making energy, and the big hungry cell got to use that energy. The two evolved together ever since, one inside the other. I know, this sounds far-fetched. And at the time, that's what most biologists thought too. But eventually, the theory of endosymbiosis became widely accepted. This had a lot to do with the fact that mitochondria have their own DNA. And that DNA looks a lot like bacterial DNA. Interestingly enough, the same is true of chloroplasts, which are the organelles in plant cells that harvest light. They're endosymbionts too, and much newer ones at that. They evolved more recently from photosynthetic cyanobacteria. That means that plants never really evolved photosynthesis. More accurately, they acquired it. The biggest step in the evolution of complex cells wasn't a slow, stepwise progression. It was an abduction. Before we wrap up, we have a bit of housekeeping to do. I'm, uh... Gonna be your dad pretty soon, like pretty much any day now soon. And I don't know if you know this, but it would be pretty hard for me to raise my first newborn while doing a daily podcast. So it's going to be business as usual for now. But once the baby arrives, probably in the next couple weeks, I'm going to peace out for a while and focus on parenting. But don't worry. When I leave, you're still going to get five new episodes of Curiosity Daily with Ashley every week. That's right. But I'm not going to do the podcast all by myself. So you'll be hearing a new voice on this podcast. And we thought today might be a good time to introduce you to the person who will be filling Cody's shoes while he's gone. So meet Natalia Reagan. Hello. How are you? How Yay. are you doing? I'm so excited. <laughs> Wait a minute. You sound familiar, Natalia. Have you uh, been on this show before? You know, I, I, feel, I think we've met a few times, Cody. Or is it is it Kobe? I can't remember. Um, uh, <laughs> yeah, I feel like the last time I saw you, well, no, I, yeah, I probably was in a Wonder Woman costume or something at a, at a Comic-Con, but uh, yeah, no, I, I'm a big fan of the show and we've had the pleasure of doing cons together. Yes. And I believe you've answered a couple of listener questions on some older episodes. I think you said 
you you answered a question about whether redheads feel more pain or something. Oh yes, right? we feel all the pain. Uh, yes, that <laughs> and probably some sort of monkey monkey sex question because that well, let's, right. let's face it, I do a lot of that these days. Um, not monkey sex, but answering <laughs> the monkey sex questions. Yeah, I want to go back to that real quick. You're like literally a real scientist. Oh yeah, yeah. I studied uh, primatology, the study of uh, monkeys and apes, lemurs and lorises. But even on a grander scale, I'm an anthropologist, so just the study of humans in general. Yeah, that would explain maybe why you're a fan of the podcast. I mean, you could write a dissertation on just my strange psychology. <laughs> Both of you together are fantastic. So, yes. Uh, little little did you know, Cody, I've been taking notes for years. <laughs> just sitting in the bushes. Just sitting, I've just been sitting. <laughs> don't, don't look behind you. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, I'm a huge fan of the show and, and both of you. And, and I, you know, while Cody's trying to keep a, a, a human alive, I'm going to try to do my best to, to be Cody. But let's face it, that's I'll never live up to that. I'm just going to do my best. You would only have to play about 1400 hours of Final Fantasy 14 and then you'll be caught up. OK, I'm working on it. Or, you know, <laughs> I'm going to have to actually I don't even know what the, I'm going to Google what that is. I'm going to buy it and then I'm going to do it. It's fine. I recommend starting with a level one thaumaturge or conjurer. You know what? Let's not go down this route. Yeah, let's not. You're you're a warlock, <laughs> aren't you? <laughs> In so many ways. <laughs> so I thought what we would do, Ashley, is let's see how good we were at teaching today's topics. And Natalia, can you help us recap the main things we learned today? Absolutely. <clears throat> Okay, it's perfectly okay to comfort your pet when it's scared because it won't encourage them to be fearful the next time. This makes me feel so much better when I tell my chickens not to worry about the sky falling or when they want to cross the road because let's face it, Carol and Jeanette are very sensitive house dinosaurs. Now, if only I can convince them that I'm not going to eat them. Now, Natalia's not making this up. She really does have house chickens. This is true. They're, uh, they're chickens that I oftentimes let in my house. Whether it's hygienic or not, we're not going to go into that. Don't you live <laughs> in New York City? I plead the fifth. <laughs> yes, I live in Brooklyn. And, and it's the fun. Yeah, I live in Red Hook, Brooklyn, which some people say is the edge of the world. So I kind of live in this weird urban farm environment. And Carol and Jeanette are my wee house dinosaurs. Amazing. That is definitely something we're looking forward to learning about. I'm a fan. Perhaps they can make an appearance. Carol is very mouthy. <laughs> I mean, if Aglet the cat can make appearances, I'm pretty sure Carol and Jeanette the chickens yes. are mandatory at this point. As long as you don't <laughs> mind some foul mouths. Ooh. Oh, I'm so happy with all of this happening right now. <laughs> Cody, I have to live up to your, your, your pun game, you know? It's a lot to live up to. Yep. Of course. Uh, but I also want to say, I also learned on this particular episode, according to the theory of endosymbiosis, mitochondria, a.k.a. the powerhouse of the cell, are bacteria. So you have microbes inside your cells. That is what I keep telling folks. It's hard to be a germaphobe when you're basically made of them. Totally. I always tell people, I'm, I mean, I actually... I had friends that used to call me gross all the time because I was a little bit of a pig pen growing up. But now I just feel like I'm just getting inside myself. <laughs> That's beautiful? Question mark? <laughs> <laughs> well, when you chase monkeys uh, for your chosen vocation, you, you kind of have to become one with the mud. And that oftentimes includes bacteria. Apparently. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Well, Natalia, thanks again for joining us. So, listener, just stay tuned. I'll disappear at some point when a small human decides to add himself to my life. You'll be in good hands with Natalia, and uh, I'll make the transition seamless as possible. 
Today's stories were written by Cameron Duke and edited by Ashley Hamer, who's the managing editor for Curiosity Daily. Today's episode was produced and edited by Cody Gaw. Join us again tomorrow to learn something new in just a few minutes. And until then, stay curious. Stay curious.